Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Are you a motivated food blogger striving to meet financial or freedom goals? If so, then the Eat Blog Talk membership is for you. Take a journey with like-minded peers that will bring you past the overwhelm and straight into the arms of clarity. You will have direct access to guest experts delivering massive amounts of value into your business. You will have the opportunity to participate in monthly strategy calls, focusing on different aspects of food blogging. And most importantly, you will be part of a tight-knit, supportive, and encouraging family filled with people just like you. Visit eatblogtalk.com for more information, and the rest of us cannot wait to see you inside. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk. This podcast is for you, food bloggers wanting value and clarity to help you find greater success in your business. Today, I'm super excited to get some time with Amira Sukram from thegoalsetting101.com. We are going to have a conversation about achieving goals, one of my favorite topics. Amira is dedicated to teaching you how to flow through your goals to build a life of ease instead of always hustling. She provides you with insightful tips about goal setting that will help you create self-awareness and learn how to be mindful with your goals. Use what you learn to create a productive rhythm in your life that allows you to find more time for rest and relaxation. Amira, I love that. Everything you said there, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Check, check, check. I want it all. Uh, Before we dive into that, though, we all want to hear your fun fact. Yeah. So because we're talking about like food and goals today, I thought I'd make my fun fact about food. And my fun fact is that I hate chocolate. I have always hated chocolate and it's so weird. It's like I'm wired to like vanilla, like people like chocolate. So I've never eaten like a chocolate bar in my life because I just don't like it. Oh my goodness, you should be studied. This is crazy. What? (laughs) That's so funny. Actually, my VA, which um, her name's Melissa, and she's going to be listening to this because she listens to all of my episodes. She does not like chocolate either. So you have a kindred non-chocolate loving spirit there. She also doesn't like pizza. No, maybe it's not pizza. She doesn't like coffee and donuts and chocolate. And I'm always like, what? How is this possible? (laughs) Yeah, I don't like coffee either. That's so funny. Oh, interesting. Huh. There must be something to that. Um, Yeah, very crazy. I love chocolate. I could eat it all day. But (laughs) you can't argue with your taste buds, right? So let's talk about goal setting, achieving goals. This topic is right up my alley, Amira. I love setting goals and I love just having a path to set out on to fulfill the goals. And it's one of the reasons, honestly, that I started uh, the Eat Blog Talk membership because I love helping others work through that process of achieving goals as well. So I think we'll have a really great conversation today. Would you mind starting out just by sharing how goal setting has made an impact in your life? Yeah, of course. So I actually found it really hard to set goals growing up and to reach them. 
I don't think it came easy to me at all. I struggled a lot with like mental illness and that was kind of what hindered me on the goal setting journey is that, you know, I felt depressed and I felt anxious and that made it really hard to complete my goals. Um, but then I had like some life changing things happen. I went to therapy and I started making changes in doing things that I actually like to do instead of things that I felt I had to do. So I was studying computer science and I hated coding. So it just didn't make sense for me to be working on those goals at all because it wasn't something that I really enjoyed. And then I kind of made a shift to studying psychology. And that was kind of my eye opener in how to set goals and also how to be liking what I'm doing instead of just like working towards a goal that didn't really align with what I wanted or what I liked. And then when I was in psychology, I had to take a class in health psychology and they taught you how to set uh, goals through making or breaking a habit. And I set the habit to practice yoga three times a week. And ever since I set that goal, I actually practiced yoga, I think, every day for a year after that, which was really impressive because I wasn't being active at all. And I went from not being active to being active every day through a yoga practice. So that was kind of how it transformed my life through goal setting. And then further into like food and stuff, I actually started learning more through psychology about something called um, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, which is something that I actually struggled with my whole life, but was never diagnosed with because it wasn't really like that known of a disorder. So people couldn't really see it in me. But for me, like I have always struggled to eat vegetables and it's something that like if that was all I had to eat for the day, I would just not eat it. And um, some of the symptoms also being that like you are like developmentally um, not making your weight gains. So I was always underweight because I wasn't eating enough and because I wasn't getting my nutrients from vegetables that I needed. Um, so yeah, I struggled with just not being able to eat vegetables most of my life. And I actually still struggle with this a bit. But in goal setting, I have kind of learned how to approach this in a new way. So I have set goals, you know, to eat more vegetables. And instead of like sitting down and eating like broccoli, I'll like have veggie powders and find other ways to reach my goals instead of just like being on this one path that everyone says you should be on, I kind of come at it at a unique perspective with goal setting and with eating in learning to adapt like my goals and what I need to what I feel and what works for me personally. So that's a bit about my journey in goal setting and especially with eating. Like I've always kind of struggled with eating well and eating in a way that works for me. So I've just learned how to like find unique ways to reach my goals. You said a few really great things. So the first one that I wrote down is taking things that you feel like people are telling you to do or that you feel like you should be doing and turning them into things that you actually want to be doing, even if you have to look at them a little bit differently, like your struggle with vegetables. You know you should be eating vegetables, but it's not something that you enjoyed and you haven't enjoyed it your whole life, but you just need to like put it in your hand and just kind of like look at it from different angles maybe and figure out a way to do that. So I love that perspective. Like what are people telling you that you should be doing? And if it's causing great resistance, find a way 
to make it something that you actually want to be doing, right? So that was great, great first point. And then the other thing that I want to point out is just starting with a small thing and creating a habit out of it. And it sounds like you've done that so well. Um, It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It can be like one simple thing. And you mentioned yoga. So tell us how you started with that and how that has evolved. And you said you've been doing it for how many days? Um, So for the first year that I did it, I did it almost every day, which was really shocking to me because I didn't have the habit before. So it was just kind of crazy to actually set a goal that worked for me. And yeah, it's about taking those small steps, really. So instead of being like, oh, I have to practice yoga every single day, because that's what everyone else is doing. All I said to myself was, you know, I intend to practice every Monday, Wednesday and Friday for at least 10 minutes. And obviously, I did a lot more than that. But if I had asked myself to show up every single day, my mind would have kind of like shut down, because that's just too much to jump into. Um, So I actually just set a smaller goal than like what I thought I should be doing and just made it achievable for me. And because it was achievable, it was really easy to go up and beyond too. Um, So yeah, that's how I kind of set a goal is to practice yoga every Monday, Wednesday and Friday for at least 10 minutes. And those goals have changed a lot over the past. um, It's been five, five and a half years now, I think. Um, since I started practicing yoga, I got my yoga teacher training and then sustained multiple injuries from my yoga practice, which kind of took me away from yoga. And so now I'm just working in like different kinds of movements to strengthen my body. And currently I'm practicing, um, I'm usually dancing or roller skating, um, about five times a week. So you're just simple active doing yoga three times a week has turned into so much more because you kept up with it and you made it a habit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's as simple as that. And I always tell this story, but um, if you've read James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, I don't know, you probably have since, okay. (laughs) So he tells this story in the, in his book about this man who wanted to start working out kind of the same thing. Like, you heard you need to be doing yoga and you're like, but that's so overwhelming. So this man was like, yes, I want to be working out, but I don't want to go to the gym every day. That sounds like too much. It would force me to shut down and just not do it at all. So he started driving to the gym and literally sat in the parking lot in his car for five minutes and then would drive to work or wherever he was going. And he did that for a handful of weeks until he was used to it and it was a habit. So then he got to a point where he was like, okay, now I need to like actually walk in the gym. So he walked in and, you know, like it progressed from there. And eventually he got to a point where he was working out. So just like forcing yourself to create something really tiny, even if it's like a minute a day to start and just get into that autopilot mode where you're not even thinking about what you're doing. So how do we figure out what is good for us. So you just knew that yoga was something you needed and wanted. What if someone is like, well, yeah, I want to do good things. What, where do I start? What would you say to them? I would say to try new things. So if you're like really unsure of what to do, like, you know, just try a bunch of different activities and see what you really enjoy. And part of that may be actually like writing down after you finish your activity, write down how it made you feel. 
because sometimes like when we're in it, it doesn't feel good. But then afterwards, it kind of you get that rush of endorphins and it feels really good. And we want to remember how we felt like right after doing it, not during and not like the next day, but like right in that moment, like how did I feel after doing that? Um, so yeah, just try new things. Um, on my Instagram page, goal setting 101, I wrote down, I think a list of like 70 different activities that you can try just to like get yourself moving. And it doesn't have to be conventional. Like you don't have to like lift weights or like do hit or, you know, practice yoga. You can find other things that work for you. So right now, most of my activity actually is, just dancing in front of a mirror for fun, you know, like you don't have to do exactly what other people do. You just have to find what works for you. I like that you mentioned the unconventional because I don't often think of that, but I was just listening to someone on a podcast recently. I cannot remember who it was, but they were saying like pretending you are joyful for for something and you don't know what, but just like every once in a while, like pumping your fist into the air, like you just got good news or like something like that doing regularly can really boost your mood. And it's, it seems so weird, right? Like, why would I celebrate? I don't even know what I'm celebrating, but just things like that, like wake up and smile in the mirror or something cheesy like that. But who knows what can come of that because things can snowball so quickly. And if you're just creating a good feeling inside of yourself, then it really can't hurt. Yeah, I totally agree. And movement is so important too. So what are your thoughts about like, you mentioned like lifting weights, doing HIIT, cardio, yoga, those things aren't necessary. But what are some other ways we can get our bodies moving without being like totally conventional? Yeah. So one of the ones that people really liked that I wrote down was like Dance Dance Revolution, you know, the game. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like playing games um, where you're actually getting your body moving is really helpful. Um, I think like indoor gardening, like you might not think of it as acti- activity, but like if you're sitting down in like a squat position and you're moving your arms, you're actually getting your body moving. Um Another thing I like to say is like, you might not think of meditation as moving either, but the way that we breathe differently through meditating actually is moving energy within the body. So it's actually a great way to just like get into the habit. As you said, like if you don't feel like moving, then just sit down and meditate. And as you start creating that like little pocket of space in your day for yourself, you might just start like moving a little more. Um, yeah, I said dance, um, roller skating, uh, rock climbing, like just all different kinds of things that you wouldn't actually think of as activities are really good for getting your body moving. Um, you know, going for a walk in the middle of the day is super healthy. Um, you don't even have to think of like, you know, running, you could just like go out for a walk with your dog and that might get you moving. So all of those little things you might not think of as activity actually are just really super healthy for your body. And it's good to get into the the like mentality that anything I do to move my body is me getting active. 
And those little things add up. So if you think of like a five minute walk and you think, what good could that do? But think about five minute walks times 30. And that's a lot of minutes of you walking and being outside and moving your body. Yeah, exactly. So not like the one little bite that you're taking, but collectively, what does that do for you? Yeah. And then I had the thought too, like posture, as you were talking about meditation and how that can actually benefit your physical body. So good posture. You could work on your posture for like two minutes because we're all like slumped over working at our desks all day. So that's only got to benefit you, right? What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's the other thing about meditation. And and I love that you brought up posture because when you are sitting upright and your posture is good, you are actually using your muscles to hold yourself up. So you can actually, um, and I did this a lot in yoga practice, is that I would actually flex my like abs throughout the day and it helps you like balance and like have good posture. And that's part of like being active too, because it's not just that time where you're, where you're like being active within your activity practice, but it's also doing it outside of it too. So finding those little pockets of your day to like maybe take a stretch, like, you know, you take a minute in between work periods to just like stretch your shoulders like that's getting active too and don't you feel like working on your physical body can carry over to your mental state definitely yeah so when I talk about like being active and stuff I usually like to use um, the words movement practice over exercise because I kind of think that we have this mentality around exercise that it has to look and be a certain way um But when we come at it from like movement practice, like it's something that we're practicing. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like all we have to do is get moving. And maybe it's not your whole body that's moving, but you're like practicing moving your breath or like just like like putting your arms in the air, (laughs) pumping your fist, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I love that. Do you have any uh, thoughts about how to change the way that we are like feeling and behaving about certain things? Um, I know this is such a huge part of why we get into slumps and why we have a hard time getting out of depressions and that sort of thing because we start thinking in certain patterns that are really hard to break free from. So what do you think about how to pull ourselves out of that? Yeah, so I love to talk about changing the way you feel, obviously, because I struggled with depression and anxiety. So that was something that I had to learn a lot through therapy. And what I learned is like our behaviors and our feelings and our thoughts are all linked. So if we change one, the other two are going to change as a result of that. So what I like to say is that it's actually like almost impossible to change how you feel. Because like you feel the way you feel, like somebody says something that upsets you, you're going to feel upset. It's really hard to change that feeling. But it's also kind of hard to change the way you think. It, it does take a lot of practice and awareness to be a, like just to know what our thinking patterns are and to be able to like actually go in and change it. So that's why I come at goal setting with actually setting goals to change the way you behave because behaviors are kind of the easiest thing to change in terms of like your feelings and thoughts because I mean it's not easy to make any changes because starting anything new is actually really hard but if we can slowly tackle that behavior aspect of it we can slowly start to transform our thoughts and feelings as well so when I started practicing yoga I was 
definitely in negative thought patterns. I was feeling really badly about myself. I still didn't want to get out of bed throughout the day and was just like really depressed still. But I started actually moving my body every day and changing this one habit in my life. I didn't try and change much else. Like I just tackled this one habit. And over the course of a year, I started to realize like how much that kind of branched out into other areas of my life. So I think a year into practicing yoga, that was the moment where I was like, you know what, I need to start looking at what I eat, because that impacts the way I move. And that thought would have never came to me if I didn't spend that year changing the way that I was behaving every day. So it slowly starts to branch out. And as those behaviors changed, my thoughts changed as well. And then I found that over the course of, let's say, three years, I started to feel more confident in my body too. So not only did I change my behaviors, but over time, my thoughts started to change about what I was doing, what I was becoming aware of in my life, and then my feelings started to change as well. So it's really important to just like make that one small behavioral change that you know is going to benefit your life. So if you know that, you know, meditating for five minutes, let's say every week, like once a week, you sit down and meditate for five minutes. Over the course of like a year or two, and building that habit, you're going to start to see how it starts to shift your entire life, because you'll just become aware and you'll become as you said, like making it an automatic habit, you're always going to get up on Monday mornings, and you're going to meditate, even if it's just for five minutes, like that is going to start to transform the way you feel and the way you think as well over time. So that's really important in changing your outlook in terms of activity. And I think also like the way you eat as well. So even if you're going to just start by, you know, I'll have a smoothie every Monday morning, as you start to do that over the course of a few weeks, you'll start to feel differently too. Yeah, I, I totally agree with this. And I, like we've said this a million times already, but just starting with a bite-sized chunk of something that you know is going to benefit you and the consistency part of it is really important too because you can't go into it with the mindset like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to keep this up, but you've got to stick with it. If you know it's going to benefit you in some way, physically or mentally or both, and you commit to sticking with it, you've got to see results. I mean, 100%. Yeah. And I think the other side of that with consistency is that consistency isn't every day. I know we all think that we have to do things 100% every single day to be able to make this change. But it really could just be like once a week. And that could make all the difference and change. So think of somebody who, you know, works a nine to five job, and they want to be an entrepreneur. And all they have is this one hour every week to build their like side hustle. Over the course of a year, like they could make it really far with just being consistent with one hour a week. But if we think that we have to do it all at once, and then we don't make the change, and we just like sit on that and feel stuck, nothing's going to happen, right? (laughs) Or it can lead to massive overwhelm and then we give up and then we feel guilty and then we get depressed. (laughs) That's a horrible place to be. (laughs) Exactly. All a cycle. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you pointed that out. Consistency does not necessarily mean daily. It can if you're up for it and you're feeling motivated, Um, but it can be weekly or monthly or whatever. And if you do set a daily goal and you don't meet it, don't beat yourself up, right, Amira? Like, start over, but don't be like, oh, I'm just throwing in the towel, I'm done. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I track my goals by the month instead of by the week so that I can see that taking a day off really isn't that big of a deal. You know, like you'll see that you actually show up more days than you don't or you'll see your consistency. Like, you know, every Monday I showed up to do this. So I'm going to feel proud about that instead of looking at all the days I didn't show up. Like we really want you to be consistent. (laughs) Yeah, and almost like building in self-care days just to give you wiggle room for that so that you don't feel guilty looking back. So like, I don't know, like once a week, allow yourself one day off. And then if you have more than that, fine. But I think having that one day will give you um, more grace with yourself, I think, right? Yeah, totally. Like, as I said, I only work out like five times a week or I move my body five times a week and I try and take those two days off to rest. Mm -hmm. And we all need rest, whether it's physical rest or mental rest. It's absolutely necessary to create that white space. I love this. I think food bloggers are crazy busy people. They have so much on their plates at every given moment. And this is something that I preach through this podcast. It's actually one of the reasons I started this podcast because I've been a food blogger for 10 years and I've seen it. I've been in burnout mode way too many times. I see other people go through it because we feel like we've got to do it all. So I started this podcast with the intention of providing value, like resources that could actually help food bloggers move their businesses forward. Yes, but... I also wanted to provide information like this that is going to really like support every single thing that they do. Because if you are not healthy mentally, physically and functioning at your best, you are never going to be an effective food blogger, no matter what anyone says. So this, I feel like is more important than any topic, in my opinion, like SEO, everything like this is so important. Habits, goals, what you can actually do to take care of yourself and achieve them. Yeah. So how are you talking about, you know, changing our behaviors? I always try and tackle that with a goal because we can say we want to do something all day, you know, but the idea that you want to do something, it doesn't mean that you're actually going to do it. So that's why I really like to set like Smarty goals, which is my method to goal setting. Um, So I'll go into what SMARTY stands for. So SMARTY stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, tracking, excuses, and your mindset. So we want all of these things to be involved in the goal setting like process. So of course, I'm sure you've heard of SMART goals. If you are a food blogger or you like look into goals, you probably know that like you want to make your goal specific. If it's not specific, I always say like it's really easy to cheat at your goals. So if you say like I want to work out more, then that's not very specific. Wanting something isn't saying that you're going to do something and more doesn't really mean much. So if you say like you want to work out more and you worked out one minute last week to reach your goal, all you had to do was work out for two minutes. So we really want to be specific about what we want to achieve. So for me, I say like, I will move my body five times a week. And that's a very specific goal. It could be more specific in the sense that like, I could say exactly how I would move my body. I could say like, I will dance five times a week. And that would be a more specific goal. You also want to make it measurable. So for me saying that I'm going to do it five times a week, 
that's so important to add to your goal because just saying like I will I will work out every week isn't very measurable. And if it's not measurable, we can't track it. We can't know how consistent we're being. We can't know if we're reaching our goal or not. So it's very important to be measurable, Um, especially like if you're a food blogger and you're like, I will, you know, put out a blog post once a month, then you want to say that once a month or like once a week, you know, you want to be specific with that so you can measure it every single week. You can know like if you reached your goal or not. The other side of that is making it attainable. So if putting out a blog post every single week is just too stressful for you, it's going to burn you out. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to be like, it's not going to work with who you are as a person. And it's just going to be going against your flow. Then you don't want to set that goal. Maybe every other week makes more sense or once a month. And you really want to be like brutally honest with yourself here about what is attainable for you. The other side of that is making it realistic. So if you say that, yeah, you know what? I can post a blog post every week. But then you look at your lifestyle and you, you know, you're working nine to five or you have kids or you, you know, have to get dinner on the table every night and you just don't have enough hours in your day to put out a blog post, then that's not going to be very realistic, you know? So you want to make sure that it's realistic for your lifestyle as well. And I always say like, you know, we want to make time for, as, as we were talking about, like self-care, we want to have rest days. You need to be able to sleep a certain amount of hours every night. You need to nourish your body. You need to have like social support too. You can't just be working all the time or like putting all of your time into other people around you either. You need your time as well. So you want to make sure that not only do your goals make sense for you, but they make sense for your lifestyle and allow you to have freedom to, you know, do the things that you need to do in your life to take care of yourself. And then the last three we'll get to. So you want to track this goal. So if you say that you're going to put out a blog post once a week and you track it for a month and say like, okay, I only put out one blog post this month. And then, and then the next month you do the same thing. You know, you want to just like make your goal realistic for you and tracking it will help you see in what ways you can make it realistic or not. So if you put out a blog post once a month and that works for you, then maybe you just want to drop your goal to make that your goal so that you can feel consistent with it. Because if you keep asking yourself to like reach this unrealistic goal and then you keep you're actually being consistent with a smaller goal, you might feel pretty bad about it, you know, and we don't want you to feel bad because you're going to lack motivation then and you're just going to feel like you're going to beat yourself up. And that's not ideal in the goal setting journey. We want you to feel achieving goals. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then excuses is a big one. So uh, there's this quote and it says like, a good excuse and a bad excuse produce the same results. Right? Yeah, it hurts to hear because, you know, we do really have good reasons not to do things, but it doesn't make it not an excuse. It's still like it's still going to hold you back from your goal, whether or not it's valid. That's what I like to say, like whether or not that thing is valid. Like, yes, you you know, you have to be with your kids every night and that's going to be important and that's totally valid. 
but it's still going to be something that may hold you back from your goals. So when I talk about excuses, I really like for people to write down the reasons that they think they can't achieve their goals, because those are going to tell you all the reasons that you're going to fail at your goals. And instead of allowing those like reasons to rule your goal setting journey, we actually want to acknowledge them and tackle them. So say like you want to work out every night, but you're with your kids and you keep telling yourself like, I can't work out because I have to spend time with my kids. Well, you could set a micro goal around that to kind of tell yourself and to change the thought cycle around that, that you know what, I can work out even if my kids are there. And I always like to say that because whatever we do in front of our kids, whatever, like I'm not a mom, but (laughs) this is something that my mom would tell me is like, whatever we do in front of our kids is something that they're going to be modeling later in life. Like they learn through observation, right? So anything that we can do to change that mindset that we actually want to be modeling things for other people around us, it's super important. Um, I've been talking a lot recently on like goal setting 101 about like sharing your goals and how so many people are afraid of, you know, just showing up as their full potential because of what other people will think. Like we have this fear that other people are going to judge us or something like that. And that becomes an excuse that holds us back from reaching our goals. So just tackling that mindset, like maybe you want to post a blog every single week and you're just like stuck in imposter syndrome or like you fear what other people are going to think about what you're putting out there. Like those are all excuses that end up holding us back and we need to tackle it and write it down and face it head on so that we're aware and we set goals that work for us. So yeah, that was a long, long tangent on uh, excuses, but it's, it's just a big part of it. It's, it's the things that we tell ourselves that actually hold us back, not necessarily um, our motivation or anything like that. Like we can be super motivated and those excuses can just weigh on us. I love that. Before you move on, I just want to comment on that quick excuses if you have those excuses you've got to address them like you said Amira they you cannot move forward in my opinion in any of your goals setting or any of your dreams or anything you want to succeed in if you're holding on to um to excuses i so believe that so yes i hear you on that i'm glad you added the ey on the end of smart so what is the why again remind me Yeah. So the why is your mindset. This is probably like the easiest part of it. It's the question you ask yourself, do you believe you can achieve your goal this week or this month? I like to say month because then that brings the consistency part of it. Yeah. So you just have to ask yourself, do you believe you can achieve it? When I work with clients, this is something that I ask them when they set big goals. I'm like, do you believe you can achieve it? And if they say yes, then I'm like, great, I know you're going going to do it. But if they say like, if excuses start popping up, if they're like, no, like, I can't do it this week, I, you know, have this, this and this, then that's when I start to tackle it. I'm like, okay, well, when do you think you can achieve it by right? Like, we want you to believe in yourself wholeheartedly that you can reach your goal. Otherwise, it's probably not attainable, or it's probably not realistic for you. So that's such an important part of it. It's just your belief in yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the term, like the SMART um, acronym, but I love that you're adding these extra things because in my opinion, like the E and the Y that you just covered 
are more important than anything else because mindset is everything. And like I just said before, like excuses need to be addressed or you will never achieve your goals. So I think it should be like, um, ye smart. (laughs) I should put those in the beginning. (laughs) But I love that you added those. It's so important to tackle your mindsets around goal setting. People discount that, I think, so often because you get in that just kind of heady space where you're like, well, I'm doing all of these other things. I'm making sure that it's attainable and it's specific and measurable and realistic and all of that, that you don't think about the really important parts, which is like, what kind of mindset are you in? Do you really believe that you can do this? Because if the answer is no, like you said, Amira, then it's not going to happen. But if you say, yes, I am going to, I can do this, then it is going to happen. Yeah, totally. Love this. Okay. We kind of talked about this before, but just, I know you believe in like making sure that you're not diving into something really big and that you're starting off really bite-sized. So is there anything more you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I would love to bring up a quick story. And it's a story that I think we all know, but we kind of forget when it comes to goal setting, because we just want to jump in and like, reach our goal in one day. But the story is the tortoise and the hare, right? So we all know this story, the tortoise is taking small steps towards the finish line. And the hare is fast and quick, and he knows he can win. He, he just rushes towards the finish line. But what happens is he stops along the way, and he takes a break. And then he runs fast, and then he stops and takes a break. But the tortoise is taking those small steps forward. And he actually reaches the finish line before the hare, even though the hare can go faster. Because he's not taking those breaks. He's taking his time and he's making it towards his end goal. And I think that that story is so potent in teaching you that like small steps really get you towards the finish line so much faster than just quick bursts. So I always say like the quicker you jump into something is just as quickly as you'll jump out. So if you're like, I am going to do this whole diet change and I'm just going to jump in and completely change my like lifestyle with this diet change. As soon as you jump into that, you'll just as quickly jump out of it. (laughs) So that's why like we hear this term like in like in eating, like yo-yo dieting, you know, like we go in and then we go out and we go in and then we go out. But if we made like small changes, so like for me, I started with, you know, just having a smoothie like five times a week, you know, I was eating unhealthily all, all of my other meals. I was not eating healthy, you know, but I just made this slow change. And what happened was that change started another change and then another change happened and it just like slowly branched out into a bigger lifestyle change. But had I jumped in hundred percent into eating a different way, like I would have just lost it just as quickly. So I think it's so important to like set goals that really help you make that small step forward instead of changing everything all at once. There's a reason why I remind my boys all the time about the story of the tortoise and the hare, because there is such power in that story. And it's, I think there's a reason why it's such um, a common story for people to reference no matter if we're in business or just, you know, talking about life in general, 
the tortoise, the way he went about his race and his approach to it was slow, steady, one little tiny step at a time. And we all know what happened in the end. So thank you for that reminder. That's such a good yeah. story to remember. And the, the tortoise is actually really humble, right? Like the hare is like, I can beat you. And the tortoise is so humble. But I also love to like mention that you can actually Google the tortoise and the hare or the rabbit versus the turtle. And there is a YouTube video that shows this in real life. Like they actually tested this in real life and the tor- like the turtle actually beat the rabbit. <laughs> I am totally looking at that. That's so fun. And I love that you mentioned that the tortoise is humble. That's such a good um, trait to pull out of that too. Like he's confident and humble and the hair's wild and like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe him, but... <laughs> overly uh, maybe like arrogant or something but yeah love that ties in so well so you have a website called the goal setting 101 what do you have there to offer that helps people kind of stay on track with their goals yeah so I have a website and I have an ebook the ebook is all about what I've been talking about. Um, it's a three-part process. So you learn why it's important to set goals, and then you learn how to set them with the Smarty Method, diving deeper into each of the letters. And then the last part of that book is um, motivation and consistency, because that is actually the second hardest part. You know, the first hardest part is starting, and the second hardest part is actually staying consistent and motivated. Um, we talk about Like I talk about all of the things that we talked about in this podcast, you know, taking breaks, like having time for yourself, um, not going at it 100%. That's all in the ebook. So I have that. And then I have uh, planners. So 2021 planners to track your goals, um, which I said, like I track my goals monthly so that I could see how consistent I am. And basically, like, you'll get review pages, you'll get to go over like your dream self, like who you want to be in the future and start to set goals, small goals that will help you get there. And then lastly, I have my Balance Tips Tuesday podcast, which I put out weekly or biweekly episodes about goal setting and balancing your goals with everyday life. Oh, that's such great stuff. I hope that people will go check that all out. It sounds amazing. Amira, if there's one thing from everything we've talked about today that you want people to walk away just knowing, what would it be? Find what works for you and forget the rest. Like so many people believe that just because someone else is doing something that I have to do it too. But honestly, we're all unique and you can follow your own unique journey. So success principles always say like, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. to be successful and I say wake up when you want, you know, not everyone is productive at the same time of day and you just have to find what works for you and forget the rest. Mm, So well said. Thank you so much for being here. This was super valuable. And as I mentioned during the episode, I think that this is more valuable information than honestly anything I cover on my podcast. So just really grateful for your time today, Amira. for having me. Before you go, do you have a, oh yes, it's been such a pleasure. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us beyond everything you've already shared? Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is observe the fluctuations of the mind. Do not become them. Oh, so deep. (laughs) I love that. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's 
from a yoga practice. You know, we observe what's going on in the mind, but you don't have to attach to it. Detach from the craziness. I love it. Yeah. Such a great way to end. We're going to put together a show notes page for you, Amira. So if anyone wants to go peek at those, you can find the show notes at eatblogtalk.com forward slash goal setting 101. Amira, tell everyone again where they can find you online. Yep. So you can find me at goal setting 101 on Instagram or the goal setting 101.com. And you can find all my social medias there. Awesome. Well, it was such a pleasure, Amira. Thank you again. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.